Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Waking Oz. I'm Sue. And Deirdre. And this episode is called The One Where It's Never Too Late for a Do-Over, or as I like to say, don't you want an impressive eulogy? I do. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> so recently, Sue and I were talking. Um, I teach a first-year seminar class at a local community college, mm-hmm. and I ask my students to think about how they would like people to describe them 30 years from now. Scary. A little scary. I know. So recently, I was having coffee with a friend, and she's been cleaning out um, some of her kids' old things. They've gone off to college, and she found her daughter's memory box. Yep. And in it, her daughter was asked in kindergarten or first grade to write, what things make your mom special? And her daughter had written, she cleans toilets, cooks dinner, and (gasps) makes sure our house is clean. Yeah. Ouch, right? Yeah. Super, super ouch. And- Honestly, she's a great mom. She's a super, super great mom. But I think, is that how we want our kids to see us? Like, my mom was the one who cleaned the toilets. My mom was the one who cared that the house was perfectly clean. Or do we want our kids to see us as somebody who just loved life and was really engaged in what they were doing, really excited about it? Yeah, you have to really think about, Deirdre, like, what are your kids seeing? Because the reality is they're watching. They're taking it all in. They might not be saying anything. They might not be reacting to what it is that we're doing, but they're seeing it. If they're seeing us complaining all day or if they know that we go to a job that we can't stand every day or that we're complaining that all we do is housework or that we're only defined by that, they're watching. And, you know, you don't want your kids to think that you're just sort of filling time or killing every day. You want them to think that you're actually embracing life and being joyful and deliberate about how you spend your time. Right. And I think prioritizing things that really matter. Yeah. yeah. And there's a book that I love called The Element um, written by this guy, Ken Robinson. And he talks about how finding your element, which I actually think is sort of like finding your Oz. Yes, it is. Yeah. But finding your element is where talent, passion, and opportunity comes together. Isn't that interesting? I love that equation. So what he says is, you know, a lot of people have talent and opportunity. So they might be really good at math. They have the opportunity to go to college. They get a college degree. Then they become a math teacher and they hate it Mm -hmm. because they have no passion for it. And I think, you know, a lot of times schools talk about what's your talent, what's your opportunity, but not really what are you passionate about? What do you really, really want to do? And I think, you know, Choosing a career based on talent often leads you 20 years later thinking, you know, our one of our last guests spoke about that. Like yeah. she was really good at her job yep. and she had talent for her job and she was successful for her job. But then in her second career, she found something she was really passionate about. Right. And I feel like many of us fall into that category. I know like I have had jobs where it's just like, well, this is what I should be doing because I'm good at it. But I feel like you have to be joyfully good at it. And you can also learn new skills. That's the other thing. You feel like whatever you were good in school, like, oh, I was always good at math. I was always good at science. I was always a good writer. That doesn't mean that you can't be good at other things or new things. Right. You and don't in even fact, know. I think it can be energizing to try yeah. something. Yeah. You know, and so what we're going to talk about today is really listening to your heart. You know, when we go back to Oz, brains, heart, and courage, listening to your heart and using that to help you make a change. And the thing is, you have to tune into what it is, right? That's what we call waking your Oz, waking that thing inside you that really speaks to who you are, what you're passionate about, how you want to be spending your time how you want others to view you. And children, you know, who see parents finding time to make a difference are going to grow up to be adults who 
want to make a difference. Absolutely. They model after us. So right. we better be making, you know, a good, we better be setting a good example, you know, and I think that a lot of us, our heart is in the right place, but then we're not taking action. It's like you said, like you're listening, but then are you responding? And the responding part is the harder part. so much part. harder. And Way I think harder. part of it is, you know, committing. I am going to make a change. Yeah. I am going to do something different now. And I think part of it is that we convince ourselves that our life is just going to free up. Suddenly yeah. we're going to have so oh, much time. Yes. Like yes. I want to volunteer or I want to start a new business or I want to connect with friends or I want to go hike these five mountains and someday I'm going to have enough time and you wait and you wait. And the truth is time freeing up is a little bit of a fantasy. No, it's never going to free up. I, I, I All of us have done this. We're like, oh my God, once my kids get older, I'll be able to, you know, I'll have more time. Once, you know, I'm done with this busy tax season, I'm an accountant. And once tax season is over, I'm going to do this. Or, you know, oh, this is my busiest. It's the holidays. I couldn't possibly take on another thing. It's a bunch of bull because there's always going to be those things in our life that come up. There's always going to be, but a busy life isn't a full life. And as you say, like, I always feel like, Remember, we always say the busiest people are the ones, are the ones you want to ask, ask you. to do right. even more because they somehow find the time. They're really efficient with their time. And if you really want to make time for something, you'll figure you it make out. It. Absolutely. You'll figure it out. Absolutely. For sure. And I think, you know, that's so good to model for kids too, because I think our children are watching us, as you said before. And if they see us doing boring, mundane tasks and really you know, not living a full life, that's what they think is in store for them. And not only that, but like if we're hovering over them too much and we're making them too much of a focus, kids don't want that. I think the hard truth, and it's really hard, I think, especially as parents to hear these words, but our kids want us to have a life outside of them. Absolutely. They might not be able to articulate that, but they don't want us to make everything about them. It's too stressful for them. It's mm -hmm. like it's like they're under a microscope and they don't want that, nor do they need that. And we're doing them a disservice because they need to figure out how to live life without us eventually. Right. And <laughs> right? I think, you know, it also is giving them the message that it's sort of selling them short. You yeah, know, you're yeah. not capable. You need me to help you do your homework. You need me to help you do your laundry. You need me to micromanage your life instead of saying, you're really capable. Yeah. And you can do it. Whether it's your children, your spouse, you can do it. And I can also have some things that are about me. Yeah, too, for know. sure. Um, and I think when we talk about not having enough time, I think when something is exciting, we find the time. Yeah. And I remember, you know, when my kids were really young, um, my daughter, my youngest was a newborn. And then I had a daughter who was two and a son who was three and a half. So three children under three and a half. And I got asked to teach a college course. Oh, God. And I was like, yeah, I'm not a college professor. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do that. Not qualified. No, I had taught in elementary school for 10 years. I'd worked in a preschool. I had started a kindergarten. But teaching in a college was so far outside my comfort zone. And one of the deans at a local college said, you'd be really good at it. And I said, yeah, no, no, <laughs> not, not doing that. And finally, I decided, you know, what is it? that's holding me back. You know, when you talk about, I can learn how to create a syllabus. Yeah. I can learn, you know, I knew the content. I had been working in the field mm -hmm. for 15 years. So it wasn't that I didn't know the content. 
It was just that I was a little bit scared to listen to my heart. And, you know, my husband was great. And he said, what is the worst that can happen? Right. And I said, well, the worst that can happen is I can go into that classroom and be terrible. (laughs) And he was like, well, do you think you'll get fired day one? Right. You know, I mean... And, and what are the odds that you are going to be terrible? Like you knew you had the basic skills. Maybe you weren't as developed as you were as you would have liked to have been, but you knew that you really weren't going to fall on your face. Well, and I think, you know, what happened to me, so I went into this college classroom. I was teaching a five-hour class on a Saturday. So long, long class. And after five hours, I came home. I was so excited. I was so energized. Mm-hmm. I said to my husband, nobody needed their shoes tied or their nose wiped. And for five hours, I talked about education with adults. Yeah. And it was so exciting to me to have this thing every Saturday that was about me and was also about learning something new. Yeah. And, you know, 18 years later, I'm still working at the college. Yeah. And killing it, by the way. You know, so I, I think sometimes if we really listen to our heart and we take the leap. Yeah. You know, there's a great um, quote, leap and the net will appear. Right. You know, for me, I sort of took the leap and there was a net and a lot of people who helped me and supported me, but it it really led my career in a completely different yeah. direction that I didn't even envision. Right. I had a similar thing. You know, I, I, I had quit my job at um, a top radio station in Boston to be at home with my kids for a little while when they were actual babies. And I found that I really wasn't the stay-at-home mom type I needed to work. And my husband was leaving me help-wanted ads on the table, which was another (laughs) indicator that I should probably go back to work because I was just a raving lunatic when he got home and I realized I needed an outlet. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to work part-time. And um, I had always wanted to do like writing or newspaper reporting. I love having an outlet. That's why I liked radio, but this is something I had never done to actually do something with print. Yeah. But I had always thought, oh, wouldn't it be great to see something I wrote in print? So I but had no, up, no training no, in no training. Talk about fake it till you make it. This is a true story. During the interview, they said, well, you're, you know, you're, um, you're familiar with, you know, AP style, you know, the, the Chicago AP manual, whatever it was. And I said, oh, yes, I am. I am. Is that an extra one you have there? I think mine's out of date. Can I borrow it? And I went home and I learned AP style. I had no idea what that even meant. <laughs> and I just nodded my head and thought, well, I'll learn it. I'll figure it out. So anyway, I went to work at for, for minimum wage. It was a little bit humbling. I'm going to say that, but I had to keep in mind that I was doing something that I always wanted to try. Um, and I was learning a new skill. And I was getting out and I was being around adults and I was meeting different people because I was interviewing people and I was making no money, but I kept thinking to myself, this is just a step. This is just a step. And, you know, I had this, (laughs) this one day where I had a little bit of an epiphany because I was like, wait a minute. Wow. This is really humbling because I had worked at the top radio station in Boston, literally like six months prior to this, I had been interviewing Ben Affleck. Okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah. This was like during the Goodwill hunting years. And, you know, fast forward six months and I'm in Boxford because I'm just a general assignment reporter for a weekly newspaper. Keep that in mind, right? This is small potatoes. And I'm standing and I'm interviewing a winemaker who made wine in his cellar and then decided he wanted me to meet his pet goat, Bucky. And I had to go (laughs) stand knee deep in mud to meet Bucky the goat. So I had this out of body experience and I was like, oh my God, what's happened to me? But at the end of the day, it was the best thing I could have ever done because I grew as a person. I grew my skill set. I stepped outside of my comfort zone and I launched a column 
I ended up launching a humor column that to this day I still have. And so that was my gateway to that as well. Right. And who so, would have thought, you know, Ben what, Affleck to Bucky the to Goat, Bucky the goat. was going to be. I always laugh about that. It, but it was good for me. It was humbling. It was, it was just something that I really needed to do. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like now looking back, I wouldn't have it any other way. Right. And I think sometimes in those moments, you know, it's listening to that Oz moment, right? You have that sort of spark that says, I am meant to be here. I don't know why. It might not even make any sense. I've never done anything like this before, but something keeps saying you need to do it. You need to do it. You need to do it. And just do it because even if it doesn't work out, we've talked to guests on this show who say, yeah, I tried something. I shouted it from the rooftops, but it didn't work out. So what? You tried it. Good for you. You're showing people that you're not afraid of failure. You're showing people that you want to grow. You're showing people that you're trying to embrace life. And life isn't clean all the time. You know, you're going to fall down. And I think there are lots of times that we have these opportunities. And I think, you know, we say we're too tired. We're overwhelmed. We have nothing to offer. I have so much on my plate. But the truth is, at least for me, I I don't know if this is how it was for you, but I added something to a really busy life, Mm -hmm. you know, this life with three kids under three and a half. And rather than exhausting me, it totally energized me. Right. So the payoff, so it's like, what's the risk benefit, right? The risk was that it didn't work out. You'd still be fine. You'd still be sitting here with me. The benefit was far greater because you're still doing it 16 years later. It's added to your life. It's added dimension to your life. I mean, when I started working in radio, I had no experience. And I remember, talk about fear of failure. It wasn't just, am I going to fail and what will people think? I was going to fail publicly on the airwaves. (laughs) I had never, ever been in front of a microphone before. And here I was going to be on the top morning show in Boston. I was petrified, but I was petrified not to try it because I would have forever thought, what would have happened if I I had gone down that road? Right. Um, And so, you know, people were like, well, what's the worst that can happen? I'm like, oh, I can completely, you know, um, fail publicly and everybody will know that I failed. But even that wasn't enough to stop me because the benefits... If I liked it and it, if it worked out, we're going to be far greater. It was worth it. So what? Dust yourself off and go, well, that was a good ride. Right. Buckle take, in. Take take the rest. <laughs> take it. So this is what we're going to say to you ladies out there. Look down. <laughs> Are you wearing those shoes? Because you have the power to make that change. And if not now, then when? If you keep listening to our podcast and you think, You have something, you have something that you want to try. Just go out there and try it. That's right. Because here's the thing. Would you rather be spinning your wheels or driving the badass bus? That's what I say. Get behind the steering wheel, ladies, and strap on the red shoes because we got this. And listen, we cannot wait to hear about what you're doing. Yeah. You know, if you follow us at Waking Oz, it's very easy. It's at Waking Oz on Facebook. It's at Waking Oz on Instagram. Um, You can follow us, like us. We'd love you to share our podcast if you like what you're hearing because we are going to be posting more and more and we'd love to get your feedback your insight your comments so please 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 feel free to comment we read every single one of them and remember that we're on apple Podcasts now yes Yes. so please listen we look forward to sharing our next podcast next thursday on waking oz thanks everyone